WBNE. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics, and today we're talking about New Girl Season 1. Yeah. I think I make that noise every yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say, I love it that episode. you just say a weird yeah every time I introduce. <laughs> I love that for you. It's your thing now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, New Girl came out on Fox in 2011. It ran for seven seasons quite a lot honestly yeah the season one has 24 episodes in it it's a they're all 20 minute episodes and it's the second longest season huh the longest being the second season that's what i thought i was like 25 episodes yeah season two seemed longer season seven is the shortest with eight yeah we all saw that coming I think for a while there was a time when we weren't sure if we were gonna get a season set. Yeah, probably. It's very community-ish where it's like, oh, we have a sixth season, but it's on Yahoo TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So it's the show's on Netflix. For now. Yeah. I tried to watch this show so many times since I started college. Yeah. I think I tried to watch it three times before I made it through. See, and that's crazy because I had a friend at community college who that was her favorite show. She definitely had bangs and glasses and was quirky like Jess. I was like, that's... Like, you created your entire personality <laughs> off of this character. That's wild, man. Um, no, super nice. But um, she she was like, man, this is my favorite show. It's the best thing in the world. Like, it's it's just as good as Friends, if not better, um, etc. And I was like, you know what? So during lockdown, I was sick one day, not with the virus, just... <laughs> Some random day, I was like, well, I'm not going to work. Relatable. I'm stuck on the couch. <laughs> Me okay. just sick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's binge an entire season of New Girl in a day. And it was fantastic. I was crying laughing the first episode. And I, I was literally hooked off the first episode. Honestly. Yeah, my friends at college really, really love New Girl. They, like, watch it all the way through at least once a year. That's and so incredible. They, they would talk about it all the time, and so I was like, I guess I have to like this show. And I tried it, like, freshman year, sophomore year, and then, like, finally junior year. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this all the way through, and I made it. But I don't know. I've decided that this show is incredibly unrelatable to me. Okay. And that's a huge portion of why I can't, like, super get into it. And, like, it's funny, and I like the characters, and I think it's very... Like, I like it now, but it just has a hard time for me to get into it, because I've never lived in a loft with four guys. Like, and the things that they talk about are not things that I experience on a daily basis, ever. You mean sex. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but then also... Like, what there's other talking- stuff, but that's such a big part of everything like they talk yeah. about it non-stop and i'm like okay like i feel like more than half of the episodes in this season were specifically about sex oh 1000 percent. but it's just also like whenever jess and cc fight like i've never fought with someone like that yeah it's weird and like i don't have the relationship that those people have with each other with my roommates and it's just a lot of i'm not in this place i also don't like work full-time and yeah like i'm not in my 30s this show is a little bit old for us yeah um i would say 
you're probably feeling the same thing I feel with The Office. I feel like that's not super relatable to me. Like, it's funny. I like some of the characters. I love Jim and Pam, obviously, but I never got through The Office. I haven't finished it to this day. Um, yeah, I only watched The Office for Jim and Pam. Like, I got all the way through, through it, but I only ever rewatched it for Jim and Pam. Yeah, I pretty much just watched the episodes where they had, like, big moments and whatever we just happened to be watching at Lindsay's house. Yeah, I mean, the first or the second time that I was trying to watch this, I watched all of the Nick and Jess moments. Yeah. And then when they broke up, I was like, okay, I'm done with the show. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) It's been out for 10 years. Watch it. Oh, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, the jokes yeah, they I... make, like, there's a lot of Biden jokes, and I think that's really funny now. Because <laughs> it, it was so topical then. But right. it's like, it's like seeing Trump in the elevator on Friends. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so old. Or whenever, um... And Parks and Rec, whenever Leslie Nope talks about how much she loves Biden as the vice president. Yeah. She's like, this is the sexiest man alive. And we're like, that man is now our president, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so crazy. Man, yeah. time. What a thing. So if you got to this point and you haven't watched the show yet, give a brief synopsis. Yeah. Basically, this season starts with Jess finding out that her long-term boyfriend of six years has been cheating on her. So she moves out and needs to find a new place to live. And she finds this loft on Craigslist that these three guys are looking for a fourth roommate. The guys in the pilot being Coach, Nick, and Schmidt, who Coach just magically disappears for a few seasons. I guess he didn't do very well in the pilot. Yeah, so they're looking for a fourth roommate. So Jess goes to live with with these three guys who have all in varying degrees of knowing each other. We have Nick, who works as a bartender, who is Schmidt's college roommate. And then Winston, who just got back from Latvia playing international basketball, who's Nick's long, like, childhood best friend. And then Schmidt is... Schmidt. (laughs) Like, not even sure how to describe him. He Send help. What does he do? He works in an office. He says words incorrectly. He definitely does not act straight. (laughs) He's like Joey from Friends, but acts gay. He's, yeah, he's a weird dynamic because he has a lot of stereotypical gay things but then he's also the womanizer on the show yeah which is so weird but also works it's i appreciate it because it's challenging the idea of masculinity yeah 100 percent. yeah and that's great we need more men who are into lotion and cleaning and pressed linens chutney Yeah, so then the season is just them living their lives, going through various relationships and life, and then the season ends with Nick saying that he's going to move out and move in with his ex-girlfriend, and then them trying to stop him, and then eventually they stop him, and that's the end of the season. Yeah. It's very Friends-esque, for sure. It's very much so. It's just a bit more modern. Um... And it focuses more around one character instead of all of their arcs. Like, yes, they all have arcs at some point, but they're more stretched out. This is New Girl. This is about Jess. And they made a point of sticking to that. Yeah, Jess is definitely the main character and the rest are sub-characters. Yeah. And we really appreciate that. I feel like this season sent Nick on a weird tunnel. Yeah. He starts off in a completely different place than he ends. And I kind of did him dirty. (laughs) I think it's a lot of 
Jake Johnson trying to figure out who the character is and the writers trying to figure out who the character is. Yeah. But Nick is, like, one of the most iconic New Girl characters. Like, all of the quotes are Nick's. Like, everybody talks about Nick. But, like, Nick starts the series where I was, like, he's kind of the, like, responsible dad of the group. And then by the time he ends, he's, like, an absolute mess. Yeah. They really wanted to focus on the idea of, like, oh, he is the most useless character like he's the grumpy old man who just is a slob and stays at home all day and doesn't do anything yeah they really leaned into that one right but he was like pretty three-dimensional throughout most of the season until near the end i was like they're thinning out his character yeah but there's like he's the one who fixes everything around the house he's like, he's worse as a bartender, so he doesn't make a lot of money, and that's, like, an insecurity for him, but he's also, like, the dad of the group, and he's tough, masculine guy who, like, actually cries and has feelings on the inside and is, like, at the beginning of the season, I would say that Nick is the glue that keeps everybody together, but yeah. by the end oh, yeah. of the season, it doesn't feel that way as much. Well... At the, the end of the season, is, it feels like Jess is the glue. Kind of. Kind I don't know. of, but as he was, like, as he was moving out, you could tell things were getting weird. Like, they weren't sure what to do next because their, like, leading guy who got them all together and kept them all together is leaving out of nowhere. Yeah, I just think about that episode, I don't remember which one it is, where... Jess messes with the ecosystem where um Schmidt has like he goes to the beach and like becomes all loose and like doesn't yeah. he's not the same as he was and everything just falls apart because nobody seems to be able to do anything without Schmidt. Mm-hmm. But like all Schmidt brings to the table is money and OCD. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's totally true. Episode 16. Yeah. No, wait. Yes. SOS. I watched so many episodes today and yesterday. Oh, yeah. I watched, like, four yesterday and the rest today. We really didn't plan this out well. As in, in our personal lives, not in our, like, podcast planning. But we both tried to watch an entire season in 24 hours yeah which i mean we almost did they're only 20 minutes long i mostly succeeded i only skipped one episode yeah and that was because i i i skipped the episode where russell's daughter like comes to live that's the one i stopped on because i was like i know what happens in this movie and i don't really need to watch 13 year old girl obsess over nick for 20 minutes yeah it's just weird at the beginning, the first few episodes, my notes are all about how Nick and Jess have this really precious bond. Mm-hmm. And, like, Nick is the responsible. Nick is the one that gets Jess, like, gets the gang together at the, in the pilot to, like, stop her from being stood up. And then it was, mm-hmm. like, Nick that convinced Jess to go get her stuff from Spencer. It's Jess that, like, helps Nat Nick get back on track. And so it's just this nice, like, balance that they have. Yeah. That happens really quickly, but I really appreciate it. Yeah. I I loved their relationship from the start. Regardless of whether or not they were together, I've loved every minute of it. They have a really, really great friendship. Yeah, he's Which very is... protective, and I love it. So who do you think is the best season one friendship? Nick and Jess, Nick and Winston, Nick and Schmidt, Jess and Cece, or Winston and Schmidt? Um, honestly, I'd say it's Nick and Jess. Even though they do fight a lot, they challenge each other and make each other better and protect each other from themselves or other people. Um, even Jess and Cece, they just have this weird bond. Like, they've been friends forever, 
but also they're not totally honest with each other. So I feel like they're kind of just, I don't know, like, kind of friends? Like, oh, yes, you are familiar. Not, I know every detail about your life. Which, I mean, they do, Jess and Cece. Yeah. I I like Jess and Cece because they're definitely the, we were best friends as kids and then we kept in touch and now we're still friends even though we have nothing in common trope. Yeah. Because, like, Cece's a model and Jess is a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. They literally have nothing in common anymore. And if they had met as adults, they wouldn't be friends. No. And I think they have an interesting balance in there. And a lot of, like, aha, like, to the point where, like, Jess and Cece would die for each other. Yeah. And there are moments, like, not necessarily in this season, but later on, where, like, they go to the extremes for each other, and it's like, oh, you hurt Jess, now I'm gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. This season focused a lot on Cece and Schmidt. Schmidt. Oh my gosh, yeah. why is this so hard to say? <laughs> I would probably have to say Jess and Nick, too. As Just for this The friendship of the season. Yeah. Later on, I think Nick and Schmidt have a really good relationship. Jess and Cece have a really good relationship. But just on this season, the show is just... This season's not my favorite. It's just a show trying to figure out where they want to go. Yeah. And I feel like you can tell that it's, like, pretty inconsistent. It's also a sitcom, so it's not going to be super consistent. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, and it won't be that obvious unless you're binging the entire thing in one day. Right. <laughs> like, we did. Like us, yep. I think we should give a solid 20 minutes to all of Jess's outfits. I think they deserve every second of that. Okay, we'll, um, give, we'll give the next 20 minutes to all of Nick's iconic lines from this season. <laughs> Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> every dress, every skirt, literally even the ribbon hat, I would wear that. Like, <laughs> my roommate is literally Jess. Her name is Jess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she doesn't have bangs, but she has brown hair. And when she wears her glasses, but she acts a lot like Jess. And sometimes we make fun of her and call her Jessica Day. Even That's though I don't think so she's seen an episode great. of New Girl. Like, I think she's only seen New Girl when I'm like watching it on the TV and she walks into the room. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that. I feel like I'm a little more quirky because of this show. Because this show, especially season one, Jess is kind of... She's not like cute awkward. She's cringe awkward. And it kind of shows you... like it For me anyways, it kind of gave me permission to be weird. Like... To just do weird stuff. Just whatever. Not in like a creepy way. Just like whatever. Make weird sounds. Jump around. Dance instead of standing still. Sing when I'm not supposed to. Jess is definitely unapologetically Jess. Yeah. She's like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And if you have a problem with that, sorry. Yeah, that one episode with Nick's girlfriend... And Nick's girlfriend is like, oh, um, so you're going to get away with this because of your whole thing? And then Cece goes, she didn't. No, I'm going to box this little, you know, and just goes into a whole thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of episodes, especially at the beginning of the season, where the guys are, like, constantly telling Jess to not be herself. And, like, you need to tone it down because Jess is so different. But that's the thing that makes her Jess. And that's another thing that I liked about this season is that you can tell the way that it's written, you can tell that it's like the gang getting to know each other and Mm -hmm. like settling into being roommates. That by the end of the season, they're literally in the desert together, mourning the fact that they're going to not be roommates anymore. Yeah. Growth. Mm, It's so nice. I think... I think the reason this show was so relatable, yeah, it caught my attention because it was funny, 
But the biggest thing that caught my attention was when they saved the day, the first episode, when they all went to the restaurant and saved just from being stood up. That protective nature and seeing the different relationships between all the characters, it's so fascinating to me that all of these people still manage to make it work. Because they're all so different. And that's how my old friend group was. Like, we were all so ridiculously different. Everyone looked on the outside and went, how are you guys friends? And we went, honestly, there's no good reason for this. (laughs) We just are. We're just trying to survive through college. Yes. This show has a lot of found family themes in it. It's so Uh, sweet. Nick brought the gang together, the guys together, because Schmidt from college and Winston from growing up, and then Jess shows up because we're Craigslist dad, and now they're, like, the team. Like, we are ride and die for each other. This is my my family. There's even a line where... I don't even remember what season it is. It's probably in the Ecosystem episode... Mm-hmm. Where Schmidt goes crazy and Jess is talking about how she just wants to be part of the family and how Schmidt is just doing everything. And Nick just looks her at the eyes and went, you want to be part of the family? Welcome to the family. <laughs> yeah, like you're in whatever. <laughs> Winston? Okay, I have other questions. I'll ask this first. Okay. Who do you think or who, based on this season, is your favorite character? Who thrives the best in this season? I mean, I know it's a dumb answer, but honestly, Jess, because she, yeah, she's comfortable in her own skin, but she's also trying to find herself and she is pretty insecure about a lot of things and she asks for help and is just trying to figure out the world with her friends. And I like that. I appreciate that. She doesn't have it all together and is weird. She's weird and doesn't know anything (laughs) yes i think my favorite character from this season is winston i don't know if i like him a whole lot this season when he gets mr catboy that's when i'm like yeah when it the whole like colorblind thing all the cat stuff i'm like he made a cat noose. We can talk about that later. That's my favorite. Where is this episode? It's so good. There's an episode where... I don't think I wrote it down. Where Nick... It's episode 18. No. It's... One of the episodes where Jess starts her relationship with Russell. Yeah. And Nick is, like, sleeping with all these college girls for Mm -hmm. some reason. I have no idea how that plot ended up in the show. Like, how they got to that point, story-wise. Like, the fancy, the guy just showed up. The, like, poet guy just showed up. And then all of a sudden, Nick is sleeping with college girls. Yeah. It's because he's a professor. Yeah, but, like, where did he come from? Uh, Yeah, he did just show up out of nowhere. But Winston, Nick is like freaking out because he's sleeping with two girls at once and they find out. And then Winston just shows up and starts like roasting everyone. And I was like, this man is perfect. Like, Uh, you go for it, Winston. Flesh on flesh. (laughs) His whole thing. He just, oh man, he's so funny. And then when Winston tells his girlfriend, he's like, we need space. And then they like, and the fancy professor guy is like, oh, that means you don't want to, you want to have sex with other people. And Winston like freaks out and drives to Mexico with Cece and Schmidt in the back. And he's just like singing wicked. (laughs) I'm like, yes, Winston. Live your best life, Winston. He's singing defying gravity, the high part. (laughs) He's singing popular, and I'm dying. And Schmidt's like, 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to hold that against you. Uh, I'm like, why? He's so good. Oh my gosh. (laughs) He's another character that's very comfortable being weird. Because he's a psycho. Like, he's so funny. Yes. Winston really grows. Winston has great growth. Just, like, throughout this whole series. Yeah. Of all the characters, I feel like he's maybe besides Nick. Because I feel like season one, I love him and he's perfect, but he really starts as the comic relief. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a job. He's just there. And he makes jokes. He's funny. He banters with Nick sometimes. But he doesn't really do anything. Yeah. He's just chilling. He babysits sometimes. Yeah. There's a, there's a quote where she, she, Cece and Schmidt start their relationship and they want to sneak into the apartment. And so Schmidt like texts everybody. He's like, there's a crescent moon outside. And they like run to the window. <laughs> and then Jess is just like, why do we care about a crescent moon? And Winston goes, I don't know. I'm going to live up there one day. <laughs> oh my gosh. That actually sent me. That was so funny. Like, it's so subtle, too. Just his weirdness. Just because Jess is very openly weird. Just glitter everywhere, dancing around, just crazy psycho. I mean,. They're all pretty weird. (laughs) Yeah, but she's like a 12-year-old in a 30-year-old's body. Like, she's nuts. Not even 12, like 5. And Winston, it's just those subtle lines that really get you. Like, I'm gonna live up there one day. (laughs) Like, what the heck? Or when he finds Cece and Schmidt in the back of the car... And the police officer at the Mexican border is like, can you, how can you explain this? And he looks and he's like, nobody on God's green earth can explain this one, sir. Like, it's so good. I love it so much. Winston and his beat up car is me. I'm just trying to survive in my beater that barely runs anymore. Yikes. It's me every day. Whatever. Oh, another, like, I just thought about that episode. Um, And the, like, big familial bond moment was when they thought... um. Nick was going to die from cancer. Yeah, that episode made me super uncomfortable. Oh, why? I I think this was about the time that I texted you and was like, yeah, I don't like season one. I think. Oh. I don't know. I did emotion that this season is very emotionally weird. Yeah. Like it's emotionally vulnerable and sometimes it feels too emotionally vulnerable for like the kind of show that it is which is nice but that episode like a lot was just like dealing with the mortality of a friend and yeah we're like all gonna die one day and it was just very like that is not what I wanted to pay attention to right now yeah it does seem a little dark for what it's going for I just liked that it um, it definitely strengthened their bond and that same kind of thing happened in my friend group and it like it changed our lives like something serious like that happened and we went okay this is ride or die this is it like this is the testing moment and I really appreciated that there was a moment like that because I don't Does anything like that happen again? Maybe. Like, maybe once or twice, but nothing as serious as, like, OMG, possibly cancer. That's really bad. Yeah. That That might have been too premature of an episode. 
and that episode just felt off because like they are dealing with big issues and like big moments in people's lives but then they're also the show's not taking anything seriously yeah so maybe if that episode had come a season or two later i would have been more it's also it's episode 15 yeah so like they've only been living together for like six months at this point and it could have been more effective because people would think omg is he gonna leave the show you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. They could have done it in a different... Done it as a season finale. Yeah. Or something. Well, but there's, eh, I don't know about that. That's a little dark. There are two of the best Nick lines in that mo- episode. Yeah. So, I mean... The, you I feel some, warm in, you lose some. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel warm in my uterus. <laughs> which my friend texted our group chat the other day and said i found my favorite gif and it was of that oh my gosh (laughs) and then the my funeral my time to shine oh my gosh one of my favorite quotes about nick is yeah he's like a chubby damaged flower who hates himself (laughs) okay there was a line that said, Schmidt is talking to Nick, and he says, you're a clingy serial monogamist with a bad metabolism. And I went, raise your hand if you want a clingy serial monogamist with a bad metabolism. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Like, the one-liners in this show are fantastic. They have to be. Also, in that same episode, Winston goes, this is the episode where Winston starts yelling. At people, and he goes, Now Saturday is a day for sleeping, and you will not take that away from me. Amen, and- brother. Yes. Go off, Winston. Nick to Jess, you out crazied a man with a gun. <laughs> like, if that doesn't tell you how weird Jess is, because they're even showing in that particular episode that kindness is weird. Seeing the best in people is weird because if you're looking at it from the outside in, you're going, no, Nick has a point. There are serial killers. There are bad people in this world. There are people with guns. There are angry people and we have to fight to survive. And then there's sunshine and rainbows over here going, oh, maybe he's just having a bad day even though he's pointing a gun at us. Oh, like it's very kindness is weird. That's one of the best things about Nick and Jess's relationship is that Jess is the perpetual optimist, the everyone's good, I want to see the best in everyone, to the point of being super naive, while Nick is the cynic. He is pessimist of all pessimists, the world sucks. And they're like in that episode, they're talking to each other and Jess is like, you always see the worst in people. And then it clips to like Nick as a little kid being like pushed over and he's like, that's because people are the worst. And then it clips to Jess's early life where this random man just, like, gave her candy. <laughs> Out of a van. <sighs> and so they have a, like, really nice dynamic. Yeah. I called them a dyad, which I can never say the word dyad without thinking about Star Wars and Rey and Kylo Ren. So, mm. sorry about that. But... <laughs> Just this, like, connection that they have, and they're, like, two sides of the same coin that come together and create a really good bond. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things, this never comes up again, but it was just really funny in the moment. Uh, Jess finds out that Cece and Schmidt are sleeping together. And she gets really upset. (laughs) And so she goes, two moons have passed since you guys got together. And the rest of them go, I think it was Winston. And he's like, why do you talk like a Native American when you get upset? And she goes, two moons. (laughs) And I told Carrie, I'm honestly the same. I start talking like I'm in Shakespeare times when I'm upset about something. And it's really funny. <laughs> also, she, Jade has bangs now, so she's basically just Jess. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Let's talk 
about the romantic relationships in this season. Okay. So there are five major ones. Nick and Julia, Cece and Schmidt, Winston and Shelby, Jess and Genslinger, and Jess and Russell. Oh, so we're also gonna forget... (laughs) I bring this up constantly. Every time I watch this show, I'm like, oh yeah, Stephen Amell. Yeah, he was dumb. I I literally wrote that down too. I'm just like, Stephen Amell! But his character's the worst, so we don't need to talk about it. (laughs) I always forget he's in this show. We love Arrow is fine but like kyle's the worst okay so we're gonna skip him perfect okay in that episode where steven amell shows up i said this whole first season is just the guy sacrificing stuff to make jess happy and then there's only three notes in that whole thing it's that and then steven amell hello beautiful Mm. and then candy cane lane is big dash and lily oh my gosh uh how did we get to the point in our lives where we just relate everything back to Dash and Lily? Because Dash and Lily is perfect. And that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tweet that. You're welcome. Okay. So. I don't know. Which of these relationships do you think is the best in this season? Oh, the least um, toxic, I would say, is probably Jess and Genslinger. I would say that's the least toxic because Nick and Julia's a hot mess. They're constantly having communication issues. It's just Nick and Julia are the same person. Yeah. And so they're just constantly fighting. Except one of them has a decent job and motivation to keep thriving. Rip. (laughs) I mean, literally, if Nick had finished law school, they would be the exact same character. So... It's fair. I mean, they're... uh, It's the same. They tried to show all their differences on the party bus episode, but I'm like, no, you guys are the same. You both have anger issues. You both. When they start fighting about breaking up, I'm like, when she sends him the cactus and Nick like freaks out and he's like, she wants to break up with me, and then she shows up and is like, yeah, I want to break up with you. I'm like, they're the same person. Yeah, they're the same person. Um. Cece and Schmidt, they're fine, but they're just friends with benefits, basically. I mean... Yeah, it's definitely... They weren't even friends. They were really just benefits. I think she's... Oh my gosh. I can never say their names right. They're like the two hardest names to say in a constant pat, like to say over and over again. Cece and Schmidt have a bias of the fact that I know that they're like endgame. Yeah. And so seeing them now, I'm like, oh, this is the beginning of their relationship. But it's not even the, like, the beginning of the relationship. They break up at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I so, love the van episode. It's so good. So Jess and Genslinger. Genslinger is a teacher at the school that Jess works at. Mm-hmm. And he's introduced in the Thanksgiving episode where Rip. they're talking. They're talking and... Jess is like, oh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And he goes, yeah, I usually spend it with my grandma, but she died. Yeah. And so then Jess panics and is like, come celebrate Thanksgiving with us. And the guys don't celebrate Thanksgiving and shenanigans ensue. Yeah. But they date for a little bit and then eventually they break up because Genslinger is Jess's first relationship since she broke up with her boyfriend Spencer at the beginning of the season and she's, like, not ready for the level of commitment that he is. Yeah. Um, and even though they have the whole will-they-won't-they they thing where it's Ginslinger and then it's Russell and then it's Ginslinger and then, oh, look, he's proposing to Jess in an Asian girl's body. Okay, um, that's neat. <laughs> I still think that was the least toxic because... They were similar, but they worked. They understood yeah. each other's weird. Yeah, they were both unapologetically weird. 
And they were okay with that. And they fit into that comfortable balance. Yeah. And they talked things out. They we love communication. Like, oh my gosh. They, like, they got raw and honest with each other several times. And I'm going, man, that was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> it did, unfortunately... That trend kind of started out during the Thanksgiving episode when Jess and Nick are screaming outside of the apartment and Jess is going, yeah, I do want to sleep with him tonight and you're ruining everything. Why don't you like him, etc. And Nick's going, why does it matter why I like him? You should do whatever you want. My opinion shouldn't matter. And everyone can hear everything and Jess walks in embarrassed and goes, Ah, yes, this is a one-act play that we're working on called Big Time. (laughs) This is so bad I lie. Yeah, it was... They all knew that wasn't the case, and that's what made it funny. And then Ginslinger says to her, Oh, yeah, I want to be with you too, Big Time. And she's like, oh, oh, that hurt. Oh, please help. Yeah, I like them. I think Enslinger's weird. I think he's weird, but I think they work well together. I like yeah. Russell, but they just I... start off on a weird foot and end on a weird foot. Yeah, so Jess and Russell. Russell is one of Jess's students' parents. Yeah. That she starts saying he's like way older than her and he's super rich. He's probably, like, 45, 50. Yeah, I think he says at one point that he's, like, 40-something. Yeah. And she's, like, early 30s. So it's only, like, 10 years. But the That's point is... a bit. I he's mean, the parent of one of her students. Yeah, that's already and messed up. That comes up so many times in TV shows where the teacher ends up dating, like, Gilmore Girls. And I just have a really hard time with that. <sighs> I like, mean, you saw how well if, that worked out anyway. Right. So, like, If I had a single parent, sure. Like, I won't want you to be happy and in love. I just would rather you not date my teacher while he's my teacher. Yeah, like, wait a couple months. Wait till the year's over. Something? Come on. Yeah, they're... Justin Russell's relationship is just weird. It's just them struggling through being themselves because Russell's very sure of himself and his life and he's got a lot of money and he has an ex-wife and his kid and he's he's distinguished as an older person and he's so sure of himself. While Jess is also sure of herself, she's weird, she's quirky, she lives in an apartment that's falling apart, she's poor, like... But she's also really sure of herself. And so they're just constantly going back and forth into each other's worlds, trying to figure out how to balance each other out. And it's a hot freaking mess. Right. And there's definitely an element of Jess is not ready to settle down and like get married. And like she's still living it young and free. And Russell is old enough that he knows exactly what he wants in a relationship. He's done it once. The next time he's doing it, he's going to do it. Like, he wants these specific things. And those things are not... Like, they are Jess, but it's not what Jess is looking for. Yeah. So, they eventually break up because Jess wants passion in her relationship. Yeah. That Russell just doesn't have. Yeah. Because she got to see Russell and his ex-wife fighting each other. And she saw a lot of passion in that. And he goes, no, there's passion because I hate her. And she goes, well, I'd like to see some passion too, not because you hate me, but because you care enough. Because she sees that lack of passion as also lack of caring. Yeah. They're definitely not my favorite relationship in this season. No, I like him. He's got a nice face. He shows up multiple times throughout the next seasons. Just randomly. They're like, oh, look, Russell's here. He's the worst. He gets worse. (laughs) 
And then Winston and Shelby. Shelby was like Winston's booty call before he left for Latvia. Yeah. And then he comes back like all lonely and sad and like I wish I wanted like I want a girlfriend or I like I want to sleep with someone. Yeah. And he's like Shelby's I don't like, have any game. I'm going to find this girl that I used to know. And Shelby's like yeah, we're not doing that. But then they like Winston proves that he's changed and then they start dating. Yeah. Which I mean is fine. They just They're... have to get through some communication barriers too. Yeah, they're pretty unproblematic. Yeah. I don't think they were meant to be super problematic, honestly. Yeah. So, they're fine. They're just there because they need Winston to show up more. Come on, buddy. You can do it. Yeah, those are the main romantic relationships. In this season, we will continue... Oh, season two. Yes. What episode is your favorite? Oh, I really like the last one and the first one. So, if you want me to try and choose between those, tough. (laughs) I'm trying to think, going through my notes. Yeah, I'm just looking at all the different I think I really like those episode 19 where they find out that Cece and Schmidt are dating and then Nick is like freaking out about having to date two women at the same time. Yeah, there's a lot going on and it's chaotic. I also really like episode 7 which is when Jess and Winston do the bells for the kids yeah. and then Schmidt and Nick are fighting. Yeah. I just like that episode because there are two distinct plot lines that are happening, but since they're happening in the same place, they are acknowledging that the other plot line is happening. Yeah. So they like talk about the fact that there are bells happening and then like in the apartment and then Nick Jess talks to Nick about how do how can I help with like help me with Winston and then Nick and Schmidt are fighting over like whose stuff belongs to who and we gonna see handyman Nick but they're like moving stuff around and things are broken and Nick is unfixing things and there's a point when Jess like opens the cabinet and it breaks and she's like this is not my war <laughs> and I just think that was I just think that was really good writing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also like like the wedding episode. I just like Uh. Jess's teeth. (laughs) Her prop teeth that she keeps bringing out. That's also one of the iconic Nick lines. It's like, do you want to see a grown man cry? No? Then get out! Yeah. In the bloopers, oh, I love watching new girl bloopers. He's like, do you want to see a grown man naked? (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. Oh my gosh. You guys should watch the bloopers too. They're really funny. I'm just reading through the quotes now. In the Thanksgiving episode, Winston goes, remember when when it was just dudes living here and we had no fires? (laughs) (laughs) My all-time favorite quote from this season is, so far, Nick Miller's list of fears are sharks, tap water, real relationships. And then Nick chimes in and says, and blueberries. Oh my gosh. Oh man. This season... It's, I mean, it's a great start to this show. It's definitely it really not is. the best season. It's trying to figure itself out. And that's which, okay. Uh, they do a great like with, job of it. Yeah, with all shows, like, hardly anybody's ever going to say that the first season of a show is their favorite. Yeah. Unless there's only one season. Uh. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
because it's just the show is starting it's figuring itself out and then we're moving on the relationships are going to develop more the actors are going to get to know each other better so like as you progress their own characters better yeah so as you progress the show is going to get better but it's fun it's lighthearted. it deals with a lot of that's one of the things that i really appreciate appreciate about the modern sitcom Mm-hmm. Is its ability to deal with hard topics in a like lighthearted, carefree way. Yeah, in a good way, not you know, friends trying their best for the times, but also ugh. yeah. And I mean, I think this is one of the better ones that has done a better job of doing that recently. I can't think of another one that does it quite as well. Superstore does it. Superstore just jumps right in. It's like, we're dealing with this. Yeah. Because, like, they do retail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I think The Neighborhood does it really well, at least talking about racial issues, which Max Greenfield, a.k.a. Schmidt, is also in, and I recommend 1,000% because it's a fantastic show. Um, Max Greenfield plays the same character, and it's fantastic. It's really great. Um, but it it also tackles racism literally in every episode. That's the point of the show is that a white family moves into a black neighborhood and is trying to figure out what the heck they're doing. And (laughs) they just do it in such a good lighthearted, but sometimes serious way. And it's pretty fantastic. Also gotta love Schmidt. Yes. I got to see an interview and it's somewhere on YouTube. It's one of those like panel interviews and it was like, oh, with some of these other characters, we weren't sure like who we were going to cast. And as soon as they saw Max Greenfield audition, they went, this isn't what we were looking for, but it's exactly what we needed. And I was like, what high praise you just created your own world you created your own character that now they're trying to cater to that's really cool that's talent man i just think about the fact that jake johnson was in into the spider-verse playing peter parker (laughs) i'm still scarred oh my gosh i loved him in that role go jake johnson Get that dough. (laughs) I need to watch that movie again and only picture Nick Miller's face. Uh, Yes. We did it. We watched the first season. Almost. (laughs) Only six more to go. We'll do better next time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is just a test of my binge-watching ability. I'm a pro. Yeah, you're actually a pro. I am not. Watching an entire season in two days is not uncommon. Usually I just do it for fun and not for a podcast. Yeah. It's fine. Did we rate this? What the heck? Um... If you want, we can do all the seasons and combine them at the end to get an overall show score if you want. Cool. Let's do that. Just to see, like, maybe we even guess our overall show score, whether it's higher or lower than our overall season scores. Okay, great. What do you rate this? Do the math. Oh. Fudge. I already have an Excel spreadsheet up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's clicking away. She does. I'm not doing math. Microsoft Office things. is doing the math. Yeah. Um This season I really did like it and 
it made me want to keep going. Like, this show was one of those that I watched so quickly. I couldn't get enough. Like, I had to finish it as quickly as possible. Just consume more and more because it was so good. Um, and, you know, humor during quarantine. <laughs> That's a thing. Well, really during lockdown. Two different things. Um, Rip lockdown. Yikes. That was literally like April or May of 2020. If you want to get like a good grasp of what was happening. Um, so it's basically been a one year anniversary of me watching New Girl. <laughs> That's great. Good for me. Um, can't you tell I'm stalling? <laughs> can't wait until the summer when I reach my one girl Gilmore Girls anniversary. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so weird. Oh my gosh. I'm going to think about how quickly I watched Gilmore Girls until the day I die. It was like, watch it nonstop, go to work, come home, watch it until like two in the morning, sleep, repeat. <laughs> it was unhealthy. I was concerned for a little bit. And I, I like, started well, it. There's only a certain number of episodes. Like, you can only do it for so long. The goal was to do it in two weeks, and I didn't, because I had a job, but... Dude. Three I'm weeks glad. is not bad. <laughs> I'm glad you had a mental break. Good night. My parents were judging me so hard. <laughs> I was so frightened. Like, you'd be at one plot point at the beginning of the day, and at night, it'd be a completely different season. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was horrified. Like... Not gonna lie. It's just, <laughs> I'm an obsessive person. I think about the fact that I read all seven Harry Potter books for the first time in seven days. In seven days. Another thing that I was really concerned about at the time. That's just because my mom told me I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, well, that's a whole different thing. If someone tells you you can't, you're obviously gonna do it. Like, But I still did it because I'm just a consumer of media. Oh, if I like it, Molly. I will consume it at risk of everything, including my health. Okay. <laughs> what do you say? How many pineapples from one to ten? I'm I'm debating on two numbers. Um I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna give it a seven. I really do like it a lot. I think the first and last episodes give that many pineapples in themselves everything else is just good filler it's a good new girl sandwich my guy i also gave it a seven perfect i love that every time we do this you stall for like three minutes and i've already inputted my number into the spreadsheet by the time that you've finished stalling i asked the question good at it I asked the question and my number is in the spreadsheet and then you keep going for like three more minutes. Yeah, I'm getting really good at rambling about something okay and thinking at the same time, oh no, what number am I going to do? Please help. You know I'm going to ask every time. I didn't know for this one. This this one is the exception. But every other time. <laughs> and I was passionate about whatever I just happened to be talking about five minutes ago. I can't even remember now. All right. It's time to wrap. Oi, <laughs> Okay. Uh, follow us on social media at Curly Critics Pod. Email us at curlycriticspod at gmail.com because we like reading things. Respond to our gifts. I put a lot of time and effort into my perfect GIF planning. My tweets are funny, I promise. Carrie's are probably funny. I don't know. I didn't definitely didn't tweet while we were recording. <laughs> you snake. I was going to do the same thing. Okay. Hello. Welcome to our social media. We have a Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, are there other platforms? Probably. Technology's hard. And Twitter. And WBNE.org. Yeah. I blanked on the name of our show for a minute. <laughs> ah. 
The Curly Critics are a proud member of the WBNE Network, which has eight great shows for you to listen to. You can go to WBNE.org to hear more and read more about those shows. One of those shows is called Unsobered, where Julia talks about amazing women from history and gets drunk while doing it. Here's a promo. Hi, I'm Julia, the host of Unsobered, Women of History and Literature, the podcast where I talk about the women that the history books, history classes, and the general public often overlook, or who just get a brief mention, but we never really know the whole story of their impact on the world we live in. On Unsobered, I share the stories and histories of these amazing, strong women. And while I tell you the history we don't get from traditional history classes, I get more and more drunk over the course of the episode. So join me to learn about your favorite women or to find a new favorite woman that you didn't even know contributed to one of your favorite things. New episodes released every other Friday. And here's the part where we awkwardly end the show. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I have a perfect ending. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Calm down. (laughs) One, two, three, four, JFK. FDR. <laughs> oh my god. That felt right we'll on my end. Next time. That felt the right rhythm for no. my end. Just cut it to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everyone. Bye.